Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of the Command Zone podcast. This is going to be a shorty. Yeah, it's like a bonus mini-sode. A mini-sode. And today we are talking about a brand new card from Wilds of Eldraine. It's one of the only legends to be spoiled uh, at time of recording. And it is a doozy. It's Talion, the Kindly Lord. Yeah, this uh, card has led to a lot of speculation in the office to the point where we were arguing about certain things and we had to... Uh, I found myself compelled early at the early hours of the morning to like com- to like go in and try and like compile some data to see like who was right because we've had these discussions and then we we're like, we should make a video about this. Yeah. It's super interesting. <laughs> it's really <laughs> neat. If you haven't seen Talion yet, Talion, the kindly lord, is a uh, fairy noble, a legendary for two, a blue and a black. He has flying, is a three, four. But importantly, Talion says... As Talion enters the battlefield, choose a number between 1 and 10. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value, power, or toughness equal to the chosen number, that player loses two life and you draw a card. <laughs> Insult to injury on that last bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it it automatically reads as quite powerful. Yes. So, yeah, I think that part is given, and I don't think the power level discussion is kind of the... Um, interesting part of this yeah the question that we all had is what's the number is there a best number is there a number like are there numbers that are better at certain times if you're playing like if you're building talion the commander you have to know the answer to this question is what number what number to pick or even just putting it in your deck you're gonna want you know when you casted it for any reason if it's out and you've played it you want to know what number am i supposed to what's the optimal number that's gonna do the most damage draw me the most cards Mm -hmm. be the most annoying to my opponents and yeah, within the office, as soon as we saw the card, there was a lot of speculation. There's two things I want to point out. Yeah. One is, again, to reiterate, the numbers that it's counting are the total mana value of the of the card. It is on opponents casting. Yep. So, so the it's spell not, on the stack. So it's not your cards. It's just your opponents. It's the spell on the stack. It is mana value, power, and toughness. So creatures matter more to this because they have right. all three numbers. Whereas if you cast a counterspell or any instance in sorcery, any artifact that doesn't have power and toughness, 
there's only the mana value on that spell mm-hmm. that possibly could trigger this, whereas a creature has three possible spots where it could trigger. So, right. And then zero, you can't choose. It has to be a number between one and ten, and you also can't choose above ten. So not that you would, but like Emrakul and stuff like that, the power and toughness wouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and those are just interesting things to think about as we delved into it. When we initially were talking about the card and saw the card, what was your thoughts as far as I know I know it's hard to compartmentalize because we know our data now. Yeah. As far as like what number would probably be best to choose. It was it was tricky because it's like the first thing you keep in mind is is you're like, okay, when I look at my curves, the highest part of my deck are the three and four all the time. But you're like, but that doesn't take into account the power and toughness. Right. How does and that I play it? a lot of creatures. So for me, I was like, okay, that shifts it probably down for me. So it's closer to three. But I genuinely was like, I don't know, four is a possibility there. And like the lower it got, I didn't think one was on the table and was like two is probably in the mix. So I was like, it's two, three, and four. And it probably depends on what deck you're playing against. Yeah. And that, I think that reason makes sense. I felt like two uh, would be right because of like man rocks mostly. Right. That yeah. was the big thing where I was like, most decks have man rocks, and even the ones that don't have ramp or growth, far seek those kind of things that stand in, and those don't have power and toughness. Mm-hmm. So I thought, if you say uh, most creatures are kind of going to even out, which I don't even know was the <laughs> was correct as we'll yeah. talk about, but that's in my <laughs> mind. Um, we had some people here who even thought one might be in play. Yeah. Because you know, soul rings in every deck. Yeah. And then you got things like Sensei's Divine Top, and then mana dorks like Landwar Elves and. Birds of Paradise are ubiquitous, and even like Sakura Triveldor, which is a two-drop, but has a one has on it. Has a one on it. Yeah. Topside w- Extortionist is two toughness, but one power. Right. And those are cards that see a lot of play. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think it would be four. And I thought it was almost yeah. impossible for it to be five or higher. Yeah. I think we we threw out all the numbers above four, yeah. for sure. Um, and you, you we'll talk about it in our, in our data, where it's like, basically, we only considered one through four, and it's the only numbers that are relevant, generally. I mean, we did compile the data, the data yeah. for five, six, seven, yeah. eight and above, we kind of put together. But yeah, but yeah we were like, so it's, yeah. but we couldn't come to a consensus. There was yeah. people in all sort of three camps. There was a three, two, and a one. The other thing that, that swung me toward four was there's a lot of commanders that are four CMC or that are three fours or four threes. Mm. Uh, so I did see, like four showed up a lot in the commander spot specifically. Yeah, and of course we're opening EDH rec. We're like yeah. just sort of scrolling <laughs> through and just kind of ballparking it, you know? It's a really hard thing to, to <laughs> gather really data is. on because we were like, okay, so what if we just look at all of the mana values on of like of the top 200 cards on, on EDH rec or something like that? And you're like, well, you're going to see Soul Ring more so that has to be weighted more yeah and you're gonna see like like if this card is in the top 200 that doesn't mean it's necessarily in the decks you're playing with it's all very finicky um so yeah the first thing we should realize is that somebody else already crunched some numbers on this yes which we found later once we started looking into it uh you actually reach out to them right yeah so i've i've follow magic data science on twitter it's mtg underscore ds um they release a ton of stats especially at the end of the year but as cards come out like this they tend to just dig through uh like use their data science background and apply it to magic so i think they're a very interesting follow and i immediately messaged them and was was like hey uh what can we can we ask you to compile some data on talion and they were like i already did it's on my twitter i'm like i should have checked first <laughs> you are right uh but they put together a really cool chart 
that we'll put on the screen here of all of the numbers. And it says that it is measuring the proportion of cards in the 99 of decks on EDA track with power, toughness, or mana value equal to the numbers 1 through 10. So what the proportion part means is that they weighted it toward playability. So the it, popularity score. Yeah. So like Soul Ring got counted way more than other cards. Right. Because it was measuring all of the cards that were in decks. So if Soul Ring was in a thousand decks, it got counted a thousand times. You have a lot more chance that the, a deck you're playing against has Soul Ring in it than has Kelpie Guide in it. Right. But, you know, if there's a hundred decks with Kel- Kelpie Guide on it, we counted a Kelpie Guide a hundred times. Versus a million times for Soul Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it is weighted by popularity and their data is very interesting. So I guess we just run through these percentages and then we can talk about the most. Yeah. Uh, so cards with uh, one in the power toughness or mana value. So we'll just say with cards that have one is a hit. Uh, oh, yeah. We should clarify that. So if a card like Lanoir Elves mm-hmm. has a one mana value, a one power, and a one toughness, it gets counted as one hit yeah. for one. Now, if a card like Dockside Extortionist has two mana value, two toughness, one power, it gets counted as a hit for one and a hit for two, mm. but not two hits for two and one hit for one. Right. Because one card cannot trigger Talion twice. It can only trigger it one time. So you're basically coming up with a percentage chance that any given spell or card that your opponent has has one of these numbers on it yeah, in the right spot. This also counts the proportion of all cards in the 99. So these percentages do include lands, which would not trigger Talion, but are included in these percentages. Right. Uh, yeah, so these percentages uh, indicate the percentage chance that any given card they're holding or draw will trigger this number. This number, yeah. Yeah, so a hit for one. There is an 18.1% chance that a card will trigger on one. There is a 27.7% chance uh, that a card will trigger on two. A 23.7% of cards that trigger on three. A 15.2% chance that a card triggers on four. A 9.5 for 5, 5.2 for 6, 2.8 for 7, 1.1 for 8, 0.6 for 9, and 0.3 for 10. All right. So Uh, to to translate those for our audio-only listeners, the top hit at 27.7% is 2. Yes. So 2 CMC, 2 toughness, or 2 power. But close behind, about a 4%, actually according to our friend here, mm-hmm. uh, a 4% differential at 23.7% is three. And then one is kind of a distant third at 18.1%. So this was the overall data in sort of a super generic way mm-hmm. that was found by not us. This is not our data. No, this is, so this data belongs to EDHREC and the research belongs to Magic Data Science. Make sure you go follow them on Twitter. Super interesting. I mean, we were in the right ballpark where it's like, it's one through four are definitely our top. Uh, Four, four is low at 15.2%, but is sort of leaps and bounds higher than the next one. So those are the four relevant data points. When we saw this, I thought one was much lower than I expected. Yes. Um, I know that like when I build decks, my curve is quite low in the one slot. Like there's, you know, usually like 10 cards at one. Um, but I did think that the power and toughness part would, would buff that up a little bit more than it is. Um, but it makes sense to me that two and three are the most, they are so close. Uh, well, 4% difference, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I'd say that's pretty close. Which is pretty close. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing here is that this tells you that two is right with a blindfold on, right? So like if you're, if you're playing against three random decks, two is going to be right most of the time, but like 23% 
percent of the time that's nah, not right uh but some of the time three it could Pre- be correct presumably yeah. presumably three could be cor- correct yeah it's close enough that there are definitely definitely have to be some decks that have more three hits than mm-hmm. two hits and the question is can we create a rubric to figure out when that might be the case so that i know when three is the correct pick we gathered some data to try to answer that question and we're going to dig into it after a few words from our sponsors Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project In just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then I'm gonna flash out a Lucio Ambusher. I will bolt it to draw three cards. I will sneak attack out Triska Decafile. I'm gonna go to my upkeep and I will win the game. That was your first time playing the deck? Yeah. Well, I mean, first time in paper. I've already goldfished it like a hundred times on Architect. Their playtester is super user-friendly. Playing cards just takes one click and you can mulligan, tutor, and move through your turns with the press of a key. There are simple menus with counters and copies and you can take notes on cards as you play them. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. First of all, I started doing the data before we even knew this data already existed on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I should have been smarter like Rachel and just seen if it existed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was trying to do a sort of a, a breakdown that would answer some questions like which type of decks maybe would not have two as the number you want to choose when you're playing against them. Mm-hmm. And so our methodology or my methodology was I took the top commanders on EDH rec and I looked at the average deck for each of them and then literally just counted up the number of hits for each each number, right? For each number. And then I knew how many spells were in that deck and could get a percentage chance that any given spell that your opponent was holding would trigger on that number. So you get like a playing against the Atraxa deck, and I'll just use that since it's the Mm -hmm. top commander in the last two years, you get a breakdown that says, if you're playing against an Atraxa deck, obviously this is the average deck on EDH track, there's a 13.6% chance they have a card in their hand or any given card they're holding uh, will trigger on one. Uh, Any spell. 
Yeah, sorry, any spell. I didn't count lands. Yeah. Because lands can't trigger it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a 33.33% that it'll trigger two. There's a 39.39% mm. that it'll trigger three. There's a 21.21% that it'll trigger four. A 16.67% that'll trigger five. It goes down from there. And here we already see that this is a deck where, to be optimal, you would want to choose three, not two. Mm -hmm. So we were like, interesting. Okay. Uh, so there are situations that three is the better choice. Atrax is tough because Atraxa can be built in so many ways. So it's hard to glean and it's four colors. And, and it's, the, when you click the average deck button on EDA Trek, what even theme of, is it super friends? Is it proliferate? Yeah. Is it uh, plus one, plus one toxic. counters? Is it in fact? Yeah. So it's hard to even know, but that did show, oh, it's possible that three yeah. is the number sometimes. So we looked at the top 50 commanders on, on EDA track and just looked at those decks and some were threes and some were twos and even one deck was one is yep. the correct answer. Uh, and that one was Najila, which is a CDH commander and uh, it checks out. <laughs> yeah, I think we could hypothesize that CEDH will push the numbers down and there might be more um, in CDH, it might be like between one and two that you should be choosing. Mm. Uh, we don't know because we didn't do it based on CDH. CDH. Yeah, we did it based just... on average deck, but we could hypothesize that. Yeah, yeah, so we did the top 50 commanders and we got some data and we tried to... Def now we're trying to sort of dig in and figure out, you know, what can we learn from it? Um, as I was going through and doing the polls of the data myself and then i didn't do all 50 we, we handed off eric did a lot of it i would want to give him credit eric lem um one thing i noticed was like in the creature slot when you're counting creatures three is actually more likely to sort of be ahead after if you only counted creatures because if you think about it the number three shows up in power and toughness more than the number two does because a four drop rarely has a two power two toughness mm. but often will have a three a lot of four threes and three fours three threes can still mm -hmm. be at four mana you get solemn similar ackerman things like that but there's fewer cards that cost four mana that have either two power or two toughness once you get to five mana value almost none of those have two power or two toughness but they still will have three there'll be three fives even three threes still exist mm -hmm. uh up at those numbers if they have abilities things like that but you will rare like three three flyers for five are kind of a ubiquitous thing that that happens so Wizards also uses three as a balancing point where it's like, okay, this dies to lightning bolt. Yes. Uh, a lot of a lot of powerful commanders have three toughness because they're easier to kill. They die yeah. to a braid and to lightning bolt and to like three is a very clear removal spot, especially for, uh, you know, red decks in general. Yeah, because they might go, oh, in testing, this is slightly too powerful. Let's lower its toughness to three as a way to weaken it slightly mm -hmm. so that it dies to a little bit more removal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing I noticed was like, oh, through creatures, three is a little bit stronger, but then you get into non-creatures and instants and sorceries not to the extent you would think but two does tend to be a little bit more common than three and then artifacts is where um is where two really pulls ahead because mm. uh signets every deck has arcane signet basically talisman swift boots, boots or lightning greaves yeah a lot of very highly played cards are sitting at two mana and so it tended to be like, as I was compiling data in that order, it'd be like, after creatures, three is ahead of two. After instances and sorceries, two is close to three, maybe even a little ahead. After enchant or after artifacts, 
two is now ahead of three. Mm -hmm. And then enchantments and planeswalkers usually come at the end. And honestly, three usually wins those two, but there's not as many of those in most decks. Right. So it tends to be like, oh, two still sort of holds on and is ahead if you were looking at it as a race as you compiled it. And so the hypothesis from here was that Maybe creature-based decks are the ones where you could think about choosing three mm. when you're playing Talion rather than non-creature decks. Yeah, and I mean, we based on based on the observation on creatures, we did break things down by color to see oh, right. to see if like color delineated any like cleared anything up a little bit. Uh, and so we did, we took all of the 50, we split them into like, okay, of the blue commanders, what are the, what are if the percentages? Yeah. yeah. Of the green commanders, what, uh, yeah, yeah. change the percentages. Sorry. Yeah. I, I jumped ahead a little bit here. Yeah. The first thing we actually did was try and figure out, does color have any effect on it? Like, can you just say, oh, this deck has blue in it, therefore it's more likely to be this color or this deck has green in it, therefore it's more likely to be this. Yeah. So we compiled, we took out all the five color stuff and, and then looked and we found... You want to read it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty consistent across the board. Uh, white, blue, black, uh, like all of the colors are, again, two is two is generally the best choice. Uh, the thing, like white is 38.03% for two. Uh, blue is 39.15%. Black is 38.74%. Red is 37.31%. Two. Green is 37.21%. Two. Uh, so green is the lowest in in the two slot and is the highest in the three slot 30 it is 34.56 percent uh of cards in green decks are hits for three so it is like it's a three percent difference in in green decks which tend to be more creature based or tend to be uh, a little bit rampier so the spells are a little bit more expensive um i mean yeah when i look at this list this chart the thing i look at is the difference between first place and second place mm. And the the smallest gap is green, which is the creature color. Right. And the largest gap is blue, which is the least creature color. Right. Spells and artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. So that tells me, I think, and again, the data interpretation, the interpretation part is what's up for, for like, yeah. Yeah, trust us or don't, grain of salt. But that indicates to me that I think the hypothesis that creatures tend you towards the number three and non-creatures tend you away towards the number two mm. as sort of the better choice. But again, two is the default. So then we broke down all the top 50 decks by archetype saying like creature-based, enchantment-based, artifact-based uh, to try and see if you did that, would you, there ever be a situation where you want to choose the number three rather than the number two. And what we kind of found was, no, there's not. Yeah. Uh, first, we compiled all of the decks that have over 30 creatures. And it was still the two was the best choice. And we were like, okay, what if there's only, oh, it's over 35 creatures. So the density is even higher. And still, two is the best choice, although it's close to three. Uh, and then we, we broke down spells. Spells is sort of definitively... Uh, the well it's close um it two is still the best answer and it's still the best for both artifacts and enchantments uh again and closer artifacts is very wide yeah, if it's yeah, an artifact based deck it's for sure two definitely two yeah. uh it yeah it's like a 20% yeah, 15% difference between the next two uh and one is even better than two yeah. uh than three excuse me one is better than three in artifact decks. Um, so again, even if you break stuff down by the type of deck it is, two was still winning. Um, 
and it, it's it's kind of like a unfortunate outcome. I wish it was yeah. more interesting. I wish yeah. there was more nuance to it. Um, the card is very powerful and very strong, obviously, but I think we can sort of more or less definitively say after you know delving into it that you just pick two. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit because there were a lot of decks that that three was the best choice on the average deck. Like Lathril three was the best choice. Ur Dragon three was the best choice. Wilhelt three was the best choice. Ishin three. Uh, Miram. Uh, Goshen Tai. Like they're Omnath. Uh, this is four color Omnath. Uh, and like Gishath, Animar, a lot of these that are the Atlapalani was was best three. Sisse, even the five color Sisse was yeah, best the at top three. Fifty. It's not like three or four were. It's like yeah, it's a like number. A number. Giada, which is the Angel Tribal, was three was the best one still. Like it, so, I was looking at that and I was like, what can we get from that? What kind of decks are those? And it's a lot of uh, like creature type based decks like we got angels and dinosaurs and dragons right. and um zombies. zombies and those were all three was the best choice and then but here's the thing about that is elves. when yeah when you're wrong mm-hmm. i'm gonna wrong in quotes right yeah. when when three was the right choice and you choose two mm-hmm. you're difference between the two is less than when you're wrong in the other direction when two is the best choice and you chose three yes and so that's why i think you know while you would be nice to look for spots where oh in this case i'm being clever and three is better to choose it's it's not almost ever going to be optimal yeah and it's it's an interesting thing because like there are specific decks that you play against where three is the better choice but you're playing against three decks yeah and the odds that all three of the decks are where are three is better than two. It aren't, aren't very high. Yeah. Very um, and that you'll be able to correctly identify that. And uh, so I would say like, there are probably situations where three is the three is the best choice is going to be minorly better. And two, oh. two will suffice. Uh, but there's going to be way more where you just should have picked two. Yeah. Um, and I, we should say this is for casual, right? Because I can yeah. see CEDH. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's not that being whole other thing. Two for sure every time, mm-hmm. like with no exceptions. Uh, actually, if anything, CEDH is probably going to have this conversation between two and one rather than two and three. I, yes. I, I, I think one's going to be much closer in the running. It's um, far enough behind, though. I still think it's probably not even above three, even in CEDH, but maybe. Yeah, uh, three seems like a weird. I don't. I three seems like a weird uh, number for CDH. I don't know enough about it to speak definitively. I suppose. Yeah, and I was looking at these. I was like, maybe the maybe the ones that are three are just like tend to be built more casually. Like there's just less turbo builds of them. Well, remember we're clicking on average deck. Average deck. So yeah. that was always going That's to true. be yeah. a casual deck. Yeah. Yeah. And. But then, yeah, yeah, like Tovalar, it's still best to pick two, and Tovalar is a werewolf deck, so. I, I think because, there are probably... Because all the huge werewolves dilute the yeah, three. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. I mean, the closer, the more we dug and the more we tried to break it down and figure out why it was three, the more it was just like, yeah, two's probably just good. There's, there are probably special cases. There's some nuances we ran into. And uh, there, let's like... um Yeah. Like... Zexara is an interesting one, right? Zexara yeah. is one of the top 50 commanders. A ton of X spells. Now, the X spells, 
will trigger based on what the amount of mana you paid for the spell is, right? I know a lot of people understand that X is equal to zero when you're counting mana value, but that's everywhere except when it's on the stack. Right. So when you cast it, if you paid X is equal to three and it costs red and X, that will trigger out of four according to Talion. Mm. So I think you have to assume that, that your opponent will just dodge whatever number you've got, you know, 99% of the time. So you just don't count most of the spells in the Zexara deck for hits for anything. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, also certainly not going to be like two mana on the stack. It's an X-Spell deck. Yeah, it's they're, true. They're, they want it to be 10. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, then there's other things like Kalia, uh, mm-hmm. Eureka. These are not going to cast a lot of their cards, right? Ninjitsu is not casting something. Kalia is putting things into the, onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. That's not casting a thing. So it's like, yeah, you have this stuff in here that would technically trigger at these numbers, but they won't cast it. It won't matter. You won't get anything. So I don't think that changes the calculus on what number you choose, though, because the remainder of the decks are still mostly either two or three, mm. and you still end up going with two because you're like, I may as well get the extra 4%. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, you, you and I both have Dragon's Approach decks. Yeah. my That deck is, like, 40% three. Yeah. You, like, you, I run 25 Dragon's Approaches, and there's other three drops in that deck. We should have done the breakdown for your Dragon's for, Approach deck, but yeah, I can't imagine we, it's not three, it's right? It's gotta be my three. My Shadow Order Apostles deck, it's gotta be one. It's there's 31 one. cards that are yeah. one mana, one, one in it. But, yeah. does that, <laughs> but does that shift it enough? Oh, that's really Like, if you're playing in a pod with your Shadowborn Apostles deck, you know you have a ton of ones. Do you... I, we know that you're going to cast the Shadowborn Apostle cards right, but, over and over and over again. Versus the other two players, where two's almost certainly correct. Right. Does the one swing it? I think Dragon's Approach is a lot more reasonable to choose three than a Shadowborn Apostle is to choose one. Because, to choose one. because three is going to be already close in the other two decks. Right. Because we know it's usually second place. Mm-hmm. So your additional, like... Waiting towards three thing. may average it out so three wins, but it's yeah. unlikely that my additional boost in the one category averages out to so one wins overall. Right. So I, I think against Dragon's Approach, yes, I would choose three. Yeah. And against Shadowborn Apostles, I probably still choose still two. Choose two. Yeah. yeah. I, it's part of it's a read too, because in those games, I think you would think, well, who's ahead right now? Who's likely to still be standing when there's only when one player's knocked out or two? Because mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to choose three, but they're almost dead. And now I chose three because of the player that's not even in the game anymore. Right. So there's that too. There's definitely going to be scenarios where you know maybe maybe one two three and four aren't aren't even the right call you're like i they have to cast their commander to do anything and they're at two life ha ha i can lock you out of your commander yeah that's interesting like there's probably scenarios where you can use it that way um or there's only one card i'm really scared yeah, of in their exactly. whole deck and i know what it is and so. i know what it is and i'm gonna draw a card if they cast it like no, no, I, that'll I, yeah. kill them or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if they're at, if they're at a low life total yeah so i like a karuga companion could be enough to swing you to three because you know one deck mm. likely will will trigger two a lot less or yep. one a lot less. Um, so I, I do think that there are scenarios where maybe you'd guess three, but it's it's really a very specific deck. It's going to be ninety percent of the time you guess two, maybe ninety five percent of the time. But yep, yep. But we're magic players. We're cl- we like to be clever. I want to look for those five percent of the time I where it's right, two, three. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the special mini-sode. Uh, this stuff is always fun to delve into. Let us know if you like this type of episode. It's something we could do a little bit more, which is short on a sort of interesting topic that maybe doesn't warrant a full hour. 
Yeah, it's fun to do just a little snippet of information. Uh, make sure that you guys see it, especially when it is the one legendary that's spoiled right now, and everyone's like, "This card's busted." What do oh, I do? Of course, we're it? talking about this card. It's the only one to talk about. <laughs> we want to. Before we go, we want to say thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Thank you to Damon Lenz, Eric Lem for gathering all of this information. Thank you for your help. Uh, Megan Yip, Garab Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Metacroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Lady Danger, Craig Blanchett, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Gabriel. Pozos and Jimmy Wong. The ineffable. All right, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for watching. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.